0: Log Talk Radio.
1: And good evening, everybody. Welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete here on Tuesday night. It is 9:30 p.m. It is March the 8th. I am Steve Sam Pietro, one of your hosts for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. And we have a lot to get to tonight on the program. We are live from the studios, Dumpling Sound Studios 2, in Bayside, New York. We are back. And live and here, we got a great show coming up for you, 424-220-1817, the number to call. We're going to talk Knicks, we're going to talk crazy Tiki Barber, we're going to talk about the Big East Tournament, we're going to talk about the Metropolitans and Carlos Beltran's knee, but before we do all that, as is practice here on Ready to Unload with Cal and Stampede, it's time to bring in Cal! And I will now bring in my co-host, my partner in crime, my partner in grime, my partner in rhyme, Calpino, caliente. Brian, Calneva, Calvi. Hey Cal, what's going on? <laughs> I
2: love when you say you're gonna bring me in. I've been here all along. <laughs> You've
1: been so there I'm for like a half an hour.
2: I'm here. It's, I don't know where I'm coming from. Yeah, but I make
1: it. But it's good to be here, though. <laughs> I make it sound as if I'm bringing you on stage.
2: Yeah, like I'm <laughs> backstage somewhere, you know.
1: Well, if you were in a band. I would have to say Mr. Brian Calvi. You must I
2: might make you say that now anyway.
1: Right. That's the way that's the way I should introduce you from now on because that's how guys in bands are always introduced. Did you ever notice that's that? Right. It's right. gotta be Mr. And on the drums tonight, Mr. Brian Calvi. Right and he you know, he did a, I the,
3: do a little
1: Right. <laughs> well, uh what's been going on, Brian? Big week. The Big East tournament is going on. We're gonna talk about that in a in a little bit, man. You must be pumped because uh, there was an right. upset. There was an upset. Tell them- minutes, ag-
2: yeah, minutes ago, at the Garden, the Big East tournament, the third game of the day, third game of the day. The first two followed suit. A little bit of an upset earlier with Rutgers beating Seton Hall, and now you're going to get Rutgers St. John's tomorrow at two o'clock.
1: Let me did just you stop know? you. Let me just stop please, you. Please. Are you? Did you want Seton Hall?
2: I wanted Seton Hall badly after uh, after after the performance last week. That St. John's per, uh, performed. <laughs> well done. Allow myself to introduce
1: myself. <laughs> well, we all know what happened to St. John's last weekend in that game against Seton Hall, don't we? Right. They uh, St. It's a trap. <laughs> wait! In a, wait in a week to play that. Wait in a week.
2: I know you. And, and you. You and Doctor Ray called that a trap right from the get-go, and I said, "Nah, couldn't be."
1: We had a party with "It's a Trap" on text messaging.
2: Oh my goodness!
1: Last week, folks, uh, uh, I had been teasing Cal because that is my favorite uh, thing to play. I love that what? thing. In fact, what? do it again.
3: It's a trap. The, oh,
1: the old Admiral Akbar. Mm-hmm. So last week we were teasing Cal about how the <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the Seton Hall Saint John's game was a trap game, without a doubt. They had their final game of the season coming up. They were coming off four straight huge wins. They'd beaten Pitt. They'd beaten uh, ranked teams, all these huge wins. And the Seton right. Hall game stood as a little bit of a trap. So I was saying it's a trap. No, no, you're crazy. It's not a trap. Can't be a trap. And I told these guys, I texted them, I said, Admiral Akbar is hanging out outside the gymnasium in Newark at The Rock. <laughs> Just so he could say it's a trap.
2: Well, then it, it just it, it evolved into just nonsense <laughs> throughout the game, with Admiral Akbar running back and forth on the court with the flag. Correct. You know,
1: and then of course my uh, uh, my F- Evans uh, Admiral Akbar outside the gym jumping up and down to stick his head in the window to yell it's a trap, and then my uh, commercial Admiral Akbar as Ronnie Deutsch. <laughs> saying it's a trap and uh, we had a good time with it anyway uh you don't get Seton Hall though you get Rutgers as a St. John uh, we're going to talk Cal let's save that let's save that okay
0: all right all right, all right. I know you're pumped up
1: I know you're pumped up but USF beat Villanova is that correct
2: that was the big upset uh just minutes ago uh South Florida 70 to 69 over Villanova in the first round of the
1: Big East tournament so huge upset yeah our buddy Rick is going to be very upset with that our buddy Villanova
2: Rick, has not played well.
1: No, he's a friend of the program, Rick. He's a big Jet fan. He's called in a bunch of times, Rick from Pennsylvania. He is a Villanova alumni,
0: mm-hmm.
1: alumnus, and he is not going to be pleased. But, Cal, we got to, before we get to this, uh, or to the Big E stuff, uh, Tiki Barber, really? Really? Wow. Coming out of retirement? Really? Really? Oh, what are you, your feelings initially? I got like uh, about 15 emails. Uh, my, our buddy JC uh, emailed me and said for the show tonight, and I had just picked up on this. And it had come across the ESPN Wirecow about Tiki Barber reinstating, applying for reinstatement into uh, the league, right, to play in 2011. And this, all the Giant fans started emailing each other and going crazy.
2: Well, let's just, let's just, let's talk about this for a minute.
1: Okay, there's no way he's a Giant, right? Let's just say that.
2: No, the, and the Giants have already announced that they will not retain his rights. He's, he will be a free agent as soon as they're allowed to make him a free agent.
1: Okay. Which is great. <laughs> right. So the Giants were like, hey, uh, thanks. Great to hear it. Good luck. We do not want you. Unequivocally do not want you.
2: In fact, there's word that the Giants are really pushing for a negotiation settlement like as soon as possible so they can just release him
1: <laughs> tomorrow. This is a guy that they trotted out for their all-time team, right? In the New Meadowlands? Booed. Who got booed? The other thing that came up immediately, Cal, that the guys brought up, which I thought was pretty funny, what sort of prenup did Tiki Barber sign <laughs> that he's so broke that he has to go back and play in the NFL? Well,
2: that's a fair point.
1: Yeah. Like, how,
2: talk about, how many now, How many years has he, has he been out now? For, is I, it four? I think three or four. Right?
1: I think so it's, he, it's at least three.
2: Well, when did the Giants, the Giants won the Super Bowl the year after he left.
1: 07, 08. So his so last that's season years. was 06, 07. You're talking right. four Three, years. Four
2: years. All right. So at 36 years old, right? Yes. Kiki Barber. And handsome. Take, yeah, 36 years old and handsome. Yeah. He's going to uh, end a four-year sabbatical to come back and be a running back in the National Football League.
1: Right. Because that's traditionally a position where you don't wear it down.
2: No, no, he's fresh as a daisy.
1: Yeah, that's okay. traditionally a position running back where you're good till 40, 42.
2: And uh, you got time. time. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got play, well, he's four years. He's removed four years from his career, so he
1: can play till he's 40. For right,
2: sure. he's fresh.
1: He's got fresh legs.
2: What? Got fresh legs.
1: Give me, give me your three likely destinations right off the bat.
2: Three likely destinations. The first one uh, I heard right away is Tampa. Bay because he wants to play with his brother.
1: To play with Rondi, right.
2: Right. And there could be I mean there there could be some real fun games they could play there where they're <laughs> Ronday barbers on offense. Could, could
1: you, you imagine the hijinks that could ensue if they're both in Tampa Bay?
2: If only there was a third barber
1: twin. Or they, triplet. Could, they could date the same girl. Rondy <laughs> Ronde could send uh Tiki out on dates, you know, or Rondi really wants to go play golf. But Bondy's wife wants him at home, so Tiki <laughs> comes over,
3: and tiki,
1: and tiki subs in, you know, mowing the lawn or raking leaves or whatever.
2: And and they always cut to Raheem Morris just going, oh, those barber boys,
1: <laughs> shaking his head. So that's that's one place he could wind up. Another one that the guys uh, uh, on the email chain had suggested, my buddies had suggested, which I thought made a lot of sense, was the Eagles. Really? To come and be a third down back for the Eagles and also to stick it to the giants, I, I mean nothing like going to a rival you know uh the the Eagles maybe is a likely destination, and they could use a third down back for um uh for my boy <laughs> what's his name McCoy McCoy thank you uh dr dr McCoy <laughs> uh and or, and then another place I heard cal, yeah, which made a lot of sense, the Patriots Hmm.
2: But that that makes sense. I could see yeah. that.
1: Can you see him going to you know getting his uh, fifty catches in Belichick's system and Absolutely. And, you know, I, I could see him going to the Patriots. But
2: what
1: I must know. <laughs> what? How much do you owe? It's gotta be a, a ridiculous amount of money in child support.
2: Yeah, I there's got there's no other reason for it because why 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 would he come back? Now there's two things here. Two thoughts on this before before we move on that I want to throw to you. Yes, my partner. Yes. Number 1. Yes. Um how glad are you that the Jets have already re-signed Ladanian Tomlinson?
1: Ecstatic. Yeah. Yeah, glad glad doesn't cover it because Yeah. They would have Tiki Barber in camp so fast.
2: Yeah, if there was an opening right now.
1: Oh, it would make your head spin. No, thanks. We we have our 30 plus uh, uh third, third down back.
2: That's the first thing. Yeah. Now, the second thing.
1: I learned to love Tomlinson, though, Cal. I did.
2: Yeah, no, I, I like Tomlinson a lot. They just have to know how to use him better next
1: yep, year. Yep, I agree.
2: Um, and the second thing on Tiki Barber, which I, I, I think I saw this, so I don't want to take credit for it being my idea. Sure. But I think I saw this somewhere. He spent the last four years, well, not last year because he, NBC got rid of him, but he spent three years before last year ripping
1: these players. Ripping.
2: Right. And, now, and now he's coming back
1: wait wait not just coming back but coming back amid labor strife mid- <laughs> so now let me ask you a question Cal there's a lockout right and Tiki is the first guy to cross the line yeah how would that be oops oh that'd be oh, magnificent Tiki Barber you made our day thank you Tiki
2: I just can't believe it
1: I. you know what he failed miserably. He he left the NFL cal, and I think he thought he I, I don't know what he thought he was going to be. He like, thought he was going to be Tom Brokaw. Was he Do you think he was going to be Tom Brokaw? Did he think he was did he think he was going to be Matt Lauer?
2: Well, maybe yeah, maybe Bryant Gumbel. The Islanders just won in overtime. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> For the 18 people that that excites. I'm excited, <laughs> including my brother, of course. The, and Craig uh, the New York Islanders just beat the hated Toronto Maple Leafs in overtime, four to three. Who scored the uh, the winner, Cal? R- Radek Martinik. Welcome back, Radek. He's back, uh, Radek, yeah. he played 15 minutes tonight. That'll uh, he'll be hurt next game. So we got one game out of him and one goal. So
2: I'm I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, not at all. But uh,
1: uh, I have no idea what I was saying.
2: Uh, we're talking about Tiki Barber coming back amidst labor strife.
1: Yes. Uh, but I don't know if he thought he was going to be like the next Matt Lauer or something like that. Things have not panned out for Tiki.
2: No, maybe yeah, maybe Brian Gumble is who he thought he would be.
1: Nice, Brian Gumble, right? He's right? he's got a real sports show. He's got this cooking, that cooking.
2: And you know what's funny he when stinks.
1: he he stinks.
2: He, yeah. Well, that's the thing, Steve. When he retired, immediately NBC put him on uh, the, the Sunday Night Football show with Dan Patrick and, and right. the gang. They right. put him on the, the Today Show as a correspondent, like immediately upon retirement.
1: Like two minutes after he said goodbye,
2: like sight unseen, and then they realized, wait a second, he's not good. Yeah, he, and a little, and then little by little, you saw him.
1: He made it to take a class.
2: Right, or... I think the I think the last we saw him was he was on the red carpet at the at the Emmys, wow. interviewing people on um, what they were wearing.
1: Did he think he was going to get like a Tracy Morgan EGOT, like the, the Emmy, the Grammy, the Oscar, and the Tony? He might have thought that. Did he, did he think he was uh, Tiki Barber, uh, Barber back, everybody? And just, and we are ecstatic.
2: Just didn't work out for him in the uh, in the media field, so he's going back to the
1: football field. Exactly. Four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen. The number to call to talk to Cal and Pete here on Radio Unload on March uh, the eighth, two thousand and eleven. And and Cal, we're going to get into the Knicks now. And uh, I think we're going to call our buddy. Are we going to call our buddy? Let's give him a call. Let's call our buddy, Artie. Let's see what, happen-
2: see what happens. Oh, it actually rings on the air.
0: Yo. Yep. Yep.
1: Hey, uh, we're looking for Artie.
0: Uh, this would be Artie.
1: Artie. It's uh, it's Cal and Stampede. Welcome to the big show, my
0: friend. Hey, what's going on, guys?
1: What's going on? How uh, you're, you're much I'm, I'm brokering
0: ideas. fantasy baseball trades as we speak. Oh, oh do nice. tell. Do tell. Oh, I, I actually just uh, sent a bushel of prospects to uh, to to a team and have uh, gotten Matt Kane and uh, and a series of bench players because it's actually one of those keeper leagues that I bought into late. So right. uh, I, I'm basically redoing the entire. I'm blowing the whole thing up.
1: So, you're going Joel Sherman on the Mets, basically?
0: Absolutely. Cool. I'm basically going Joel Sherman. On, I'm building around. I, I, I was not happy about trading Mike Trout. I was happy about getting Mike Trout in the rookie draft that they had. But uh, to get a guy with the upside of Matt Kane, I, I felt I had to do it.
1: You, if you can uh, trade Steve Trout for Matt Big Daddy Kane,
0: you got to do it. Is I, I got to do I, it. Uh, is he Steve Trout's son? You know, I had no idea. I need to get confirmation on that. You know, I'll look at Wikipedia one of these days because, you know, they never lie. Yeah, no,
1: (laughs) Wikipedia is always so accurate. Artie, how you been, pal? We we wanted to have you on to talk about uh, our knickerbockers,
0: my friend. Uh, They're doing well.
1: What do you think? I mean, it's (laughs) been uh, two weeks since the trade. We haven't talked to you.
0: Obviously,
1: Melo's here, Chauncey's here.
0: Well, Chauncey's what's, what's here, big gonna... shot, Mr. Big Shot, I'm happy about that, you know, it's it's great, and if anything, you know, I could go to sleep at night knowing that Jared Jeffries is back, so that's always <laughs> a good thing, so, look, are you, it's are, a treat, tr- you, tr- you know what, <laughs> I have Carmelo Anthony now, what do I care if Jared <laughs> Jeffries is here? <laughs> It was a trade they had to make. All these Knicks fans that come out there and are complaining about the fact that, you know, oh, you know, it's awful. They traded so much. What did they trade? They traded Not Timothy it. Mozgov, the modern-day Chris Dudley. This is the hold holdup in the trade? Timothy Mozgov? I think that's somewhat insulting to Chris Dudley. It might be. It might be. He did go to Yale or Princeton, something Ivy League. Princeton. I don't know. It was went, Princeton.
1: Yeah, he went to Princeton. I. I, I yeah, I think – you know people getting uh, upset about Timothy uh, Timothy, uh, Timothy. yeah Timothy we we don't know uh, what he's going to be of course already we were talking about the idea that you know basically the best uh, player in the trade was Wilson Chandler right and not the re, yeah. not to rehash the whole thing but the best player in the trade for the for the Knicks was Wilson Chandler they got back Carmelo Anthony to replace him who's infinitely better so it's it's a win on the trade but we're 7 games into this deal you know how do you feel about it
0: it would look a lot better if we never played the Cleveland Cavaliers.
1: Is that guess, right? It would why look they, a lot better. Why it? can't they beat the Cavaliers? Now, see, I watched. That's the only game I watched in this <laughs> Which experiment.
0: One? Which it one? was not. It was not a smart move on your part to watch that. Let's just say we're really lucky that the Cleveland Cavaliers are not going to be the three seed in the playoffs, and it's going to be the Miami Weep instead.
1: The Miami Weep. See, I, I like what you did there.
0: I like. What they you like did. that, right? <laughs> uh, I, they can't lose enough.
1: No, they're four. No, they certainly can't. They're four and three in this experiment, Arty, Uh But a couple of the wins—the one over the Heat, and then the one the other night over the Hawks—right? They played really good defense.
0: You know something? This is something that a lot of people aren't looking at here um, with what the Knicks have brought in and kind of how their rotation has kind of shifted now. Um, Landry Fields now, instead of being a scorer, has kind of kind of settled in now to be kind of becoming the defensive stopper. And since Chauncey Billups has gotten hurt since running into Superman's leg, um, he, we've now seen Tony Douglas get a lot more playing time now. And with Douglas and Fields on the court at the same time, they have two very good perimeter defenders Playing with them now, which, you know, and which is the funny part is that they had these two guys the entire season, So, but now we're finding out that these are two good defensive players that they had who could come in and kind of stifle a run. Anthony Carter has played well defensively. Jared Jeffries has obviously added something defensively, though I never want to see the guy with the basketball in his hand.
3: Um, Um (laughs) <laughs> but,
0: I mean, yeah, you, you look at something that there's definitely been kind of an impact, and then, you, of course, everybody's going to point to the Heat game, the defense that Carmelo played against LeBron, um, and obviously uh, Amari Stoudemire on the health defense with the blocked shot. If your stars make a commitment on defense, the rest of the team will follow suit. It's always been a case of getting guys like Carmelo and Amari motivated to play defense. Unfortunately, they have to see the guys in the black hats to do that, and, and LeBron and Bosh and, and Wage, so,
2: well, Artie, let me let me ask you a question as, as we get to the end of the season and head to the playoffs. Will, will Amari and Melo make that commitment to defense that you talk about that the rest of the team needs to see, or, or are they just going to try to outshoot? every team that they play down the stretch and and then into the playoffs
0: the best thing that can happen to the New York Knicks is that they get the Miami Heat in the first round because for some reason and and, you know it's actually no it's not for some reason For, for for it for history it has been... Stars get up for playing against other stars and showing up other stars. And um, you're already seeing this starting to build with, with a feud with the Knicks and the Heat. Um, you already see it with the Celtics. Uh, you know, you've, you've heard comments about Paul Pierce uh, saying things about the, the Nick rivalry, that it's not a rivalry. The Knicks weren't relevant until they actually get to the playoffs. They're not relevant. So we already got something kind of simmering there with the Knicks and the Celtics again. Um, you know, obviously... Um, you know, you'll have the Hawks and you have the Magic also hanging out there. And, of course, the team that nobody's really talking about, the team nobody wants to play is Chicago. So- yeah, no,
1: I I, I mean, I totally agree with that. And I agree with your point already about them playing the Heat in the first round because, you know, the superstar aspect of this, like these guys now, like the, the, the Knicks, I think Carmelo and Amari have gotten it in their head that they're like, you know, they're, they're Wade and, and LeBron, you know what I mean? Right, they're they're going to, they're going to try to go, but you, 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 hit on, well, you hit on two things. One is with the superstars playing defense. I totally agree with this because I feel like defense in the NBA, and this is one of the big problems I have with the NBA. I wrote a, a blog entry about it on our website a couple of weeks ago about how it's difficult for me to watch regular season NBA that, you know, defense is commitment. It's that simple. All these guys can play defense. Yes, are some of them better than others? Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's just a matter of committing to playing defense. And you hit the nail on the head when when the rest of the team sees Carmelo play defense, sees or at least attempt to. You right. know, I mean, I, I was watching that Cavs game, and I could have put down you know fifteen and and, and oh. eight four. I mean, <laughs> you watch on. the
0: Cavs game, and, and and you're seeing J J Hickson and uh, and and Fat Baron Davis running around <laughs> making. <laughs> The Knicks look, you know, like complete jokes, yet this is the same team that held the Miami Heat to 80-something points.
1: But that's what drives me crazy about regular season NBA yeah. basketball. I mean, it's just some nights the effort's just not there, and a team like the Knicks, which is infinitely more talented than the Cavs, on, obviously, you know, right. has a given night where they just try to shoot them out of the gym, and if we can't, ah, you know, we let them score 120 points! 120 points! You know, obviously, it's, this team is going to take time to mesh, but it is my,
0: mind-boggling to see the Cleveland Cavaliers score 120 points and the Atlanta Hawks score 90, or the Miami Heat score 86. It's it's yeah. impossible to watch, and um, it, it, it's it's definitely difficult to see from an aspect.
2: Artie, now let me ask you a question here, Mike D'Antoni.
0: Yes, okay, Mike D'Antoni,
2: the coach. Now he came out. A couple of days ago, and he, and he talked about you know he, he's much maligned for not being able to coach defense, right? Um, but he also said that he can coach whatever he needs to coach based on the players that he's got around him. Now, let me ask you, Artie, is that true? Can Mike D'Antoni coach defense with this particular group of players?
0: No, because Mike D'Antoni doesn't coach defense. But he does. Uh, and seen. He doesn't coach defense. You think Mike D'Antoni had anything to do with Carmelo Anthony checking LeBron James? He had nothing to do with that. It was was Carmelo saying, I'm going to make sure that LeBron doesn't make me look like an idiot out here. D'Antoni has pretty much just come out and said, point blank, I'm not worried about defense. I trust that the players are going to play defense on their own. I, I swear to anyone who is listening in the world, because we are on the World Wide Web, if the New York Knicks ever win a world championship, Mike D'Antoni will not be the coach.
1: Wow. There it is.
0: And there it season. is. It's not that strong, Cal. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just... You, I ever just watch, you ever watch the Phoenix Suns in their heydays? <laughs> exactly.
1: I've been watching I've been watching this guy, or you know, obviously not closely because I can't watch a whole season <laughs> game. But
2: I you watch watched one game this year.
1: I've been saying this about this coach, and they lost to the Cavs. I've been saying this about this coach for weeks on end, and that is his system has never won a championship, and I don't think it can. Now, I
0: believe it or if not – If Mike D'Antoni wins a championship, it'll be by accident. It, exactly. It'll be it'll
1: be because the players win it in spite of him, not yes. because of
0: – No, I, but
1: I, I, I actually, guys, I'm going to stun you a little bit. I actually heard Richard Neer say something really intelligent the other day. Okay. I'm
2: already stunned. And, yeah. and and
1: it wasn't and it wasn't about music. So right. I'm going to further Lord. It was actually about sports. When Richard Neer, Sir Samuel I don't believe himself. you.
2: <laughs> no, he, did he get you did he get you all pumped up too? Which he, is high energy style of
1: <laughs> Richard Neer uh is a broadcaster here in New York on on WFAN and uh he is best known for uh in the sports world for knowing Bruce Springsteen. That's That's yes. <laughs> But no, he said, and, and and he's spot on. He said you, you can't fire D'Antoni yet. You have to give him time with these players, uh, and you have to give him say 20 games next season, depending on what they do in the playoffs. But you would be wise to go get him an assistant coach who can coach the f out of defense. Okay, and and bring it. An next coach is
0: not Herb Williams.
1: No. Well, hey, sweet. Don't get on sweet Herb. All right. <laughs> I love Herb Williams. I have loved Herb Williams. Somehow, still with the Knicks franchise for 27 years. Unbelievable. (laughs) But no, they they would be wise to go get an assistant to hammer defense. Just hammer in a system of defense. The offensive system is there. That's what DeAntoni does. Go get a coach to coach defense. Now, I don't know how much you can coach defense. Again, like I said before, I think defense is just desire. It's just desire. Obviously, some guys are going to be better than it, than others. Some guys have a propensity for it, but how does Michael Jordan make himself into the best defender in the game? He worked. He wanted to be. Exactly. Ex- exactly. That's it. He, he, he wanted, wanted to be the best be. in the world. Exactly. He was already the best offensive player in the league, and he wanted to be the best defensive player in the league.
0: You know? It's so all you a could, defense, and this is coming from somebody who spent most of his formative years playing basketball and playing no defense. Um, <laughs> which I would have fed right into Mike D'Antoni's system. Um yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's it's it really is more about just having that killer instinct and that mentality. It's it, the nastiest guys are the guys who want to play defense. Are, are are the guys who play defense. It's almost an attitude playing defense. It's not even it's, it's 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 I'm not going to let this guy score whatsoever. And you and you think about those old Nick teams, that those great defensive Nick teams. You think about one of the guys who epitomized that, and that was like Charles Oakley and Xavier McDaniel. That's it. Oakley. It, uh,
1: and you go yeah. no further than Oakley on those on those late '80s, early '90s Nick teams. He'd sooner
0: punch you in the mouth than let you score a point on him. <laughs> I think he did. I think he did punch right. somebody in the mouth.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it might have been at the blackjack table. Or Probably added, yes. one of his car washes.
2: I thought it was in practice, actually.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. Now, he might uh, have been in a cab. I don't know. <laughs>
1: right. He could have been at, at the car wash. But he has the Charles Oakley car washes.
0: At Charles Oakley's car wash.
1: Artie, this team is 4-3. and three. They're seven games into this experiment, um, it, but they have two straight really good wins. They have the, the win in Atlanta and the blowout win in the Jazz when Carmelo goes for thirty. Four. Amari goes for 31. They combine for 65 points. Everybody's happy. They shoot the. What, they shoot 56% the other night, which is ridiculous.
0: Yeah, they they played absolutely great. I mean, offensively, the, the tools are there right now. I think um, a rotation will be nice once uh, Billups comes back and kind of figuring out who's going to be getting what kinds of minutes. We've seen a lot of different guys. Sheldon Williams has been playing now. Uh, we've yep. seen the the return of Roger Mason Jr. We, we've seen a lot of different players kind of breaking into the rotation as Deontay's kind of figure stuff out for the most part. Um, isn't that I a think once that stuff? gets hammered down, we know who's going to be on the floor at crunch time. That's <laughs> without a doubt. So
1: the return of Roger Mason. Isn't that a children's series? I think. It I is. think it
0: might be. I think it might be. It's not and the return the, of Anthony Mason, that's for sure.
1: And so, the way you, you no,
0: know, Aimee
1: <laughs> with the. Uh, I, I just remember Mason having all that great graffiti in his hair. Yes. Like Having like the waves and the yeah. Well, stuff. it depended on the game. Right. It also depended on if he was on parole. I said right. it. I'm sorry, I said you it. Did. Exactly. You absolutely no, but the they they're getting quality million, uh, minutes out of the unrelated Williams brothers. Uh, they you know they, they've he's lengthened the bench a little bit. He's had to do so. I've been really impressed with Tony Douglas. Really
0: impressed. Got to be impressed with Tony Douglas. He he plays 100% defense, 100%. he, he <laughs> can shoot. He's not afraid of the moment. I think playing with Billups is going to help him. Um yep. I, I, I like what I'm seeing out of Tony Douglas. Um, you know, Fields looks a little bit lost offensively, but he hasn't let that affect his rebounding. He hasn't let that affect his defense. Yeah. Um, you know, the, this, Fields is one of those guys you don't have to run a play for him. So uh, sure. I think he'll be there in a big spot if you need him. I think he's trying to find his way. He's a rookie, so yep. you kind of give him a pass with everything. But, look, uh, when it comes down to crunch time, you're going to have Amari. You're going to have Mello. You're going to have Billups. Really, with those three, you know, you throw either a Turiaf or Sean Williams or uh, or, or whoever on the floor with Fields, and, and you let it go. You roll the ball out there, and I think you take your chances.
1: Yep, no, absolutely. Artie, we're going to let you run. we got to run, brother. But um, real quick, do you think they hold on to the
0: sixth seed? I think they're pretty much locked into the sixth seed. I, I, I see, um, you know, I don't think Indiana or Milwaukee or any of the other teams that would come up are better than them. And I think as time goes on, they're only going to get more cohesive and a little bit, a little bit, uh, uh, and they'll become more difficult to beat. And I, I think these teams that are below them, I, I think they'll they'll. Start beating those teams and uh, be competitive against the teams that are ahead of them. You know it's going to be yep. fun to watch. I think they these last couple of games leading into the playoffs, but uh, I can't see them going any lower than the sixth seed.
1: Nice, I agree, Artie. And you know what? I'll tell you what. If they play the Heat in the first round, I'm watching.
0: Yeah, you got it it
1: Must TV. I will. I will be back for the Knicks and
0: watch the playoffs. I will watch that. You got to watch it. Absolutely, it's much watched TV, and I think the NBA is definitely rooting that for that as a first round matchup because oh, that'll be a great no, way to start yeah. off the playoffs. Oh,
1: Miss, Mr. Stern has his fingers completely crossed for that one. He Absolutely. May be
0: free,
1: he may be freezing the envelope for that one, without a doubt. <laughs> Artie, we'll talk to you down the line, pal. Thanks. Enjoy
0: the ride Take with Carmelo. All
1: right. You bye. got it, guys. Be good. Later. All right. So Artie checks in. Our good buddy Artie uh, and Cal. Some uh, some he's excited. You know, I love. It's interesting not being a huge Nick guy. <clears throat> he, right? you, okay, you okay over there? You got a little little frog in the throat. <clears> throat> Mmm Audrey. good mm-hmm. audrey sorry sorry <laughs> it's weird seeing the nick fans all pumped up cal you well, know what i mean funny. P- we're met in jet guys like I, I i you know i can't get i don't know they're they're all fired up like i get fired up for the jets it's funny to watch yeah no i,
2: I and, and sort
1: of cute why it's sort of cute i
0: said
2: Oh, it is, yeah. And, and, and in passing, I'm a Nick fan, and I've 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 bought in a little bit. I've watched a bunch of the games, and and I'm excited. But Artie has been excited all along. Yes. Even when Isaiah Thomas was running the show, and and <laughs> you know they were winning 22 games a year. Artie Artie had the same enthusiasm. So it's nice to see a guy like Artie and and the big time Nick fans that have stayed with them are really uh,
1: really happy right now. Getting that. rewarded, yes. Four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen the number to call. Uh, ready to unload, Cal and Sam Pete, March the eighth, two thousand and eleven. Uh, and Cal, you know we—I would love to talk to you about right now before we get to the Metropolitans and we spew. Yeah.
3: Because,
1: because all the news today made me want to just—the season hasn't even started yet, and they're fifteen games out. Yeah, fifteen games out. Oh, without a doubt.
2: Yeah, no, they can't but, win.
1: Yeah, I, I I actually Cal, I actually got on uh, Andy Martino's uh, chat today. Oh, you did on the Daily News site, yeah. Oh, good. And I asked him uh, if if Beltron is out for an extended period of time. You know, because he was saying uh, uh, Harrison and uh, Willie, Harris. Willie Harris would split the time in right field. Right. Really? Really? That's what I have to get from my team. Why can't? Why? Why wouldn't that time go to F Mart? Why wouldn't he have first shot at that job? He would. Not according to Mr. Martino. Well, then
2: maybe you should be writing for the Daily News. (laughs) Because he clearly doesn't know what he's talking about.
1: Clearly. Uh, Cal, the Big East tournament is going on. Oh, it's exciting. Big East basketball. You want an update? I am dying over here. Do you care? Does anybody care? I care. Is is anybody alive out there? Yeah, I care. Give me an update. What's the fourth game of the day? Who's playing? the fourth
2: game, the fourth game of the day is Marquette and Providence. Oh. Uh, Marquette has has jumped out to a 20 to 5 lead. Wow. Providence,
1: a 20 to 5 bubble.
2: They started the game 17 nothing.
1: Wow, 17-0 run. So, so they've th-
2: actually been out, well, they've been outscored by Providence 5 to 3 in the last uh,
1: <laughs> two Providence is on a 5-3 run, We're turning it around. Well, you know there are uh, some favorites in this tournament. Obviously, Cal. Our our focus is on St. John's because you're an alumni, and And, they're local. And they're local. In fact, they're right up the street from me right now. They could. They could be listening.
2: They're well.
1: They could be uh, like Christopher Walken, Psychic Friends. They could be in your driveway (laughs) now, right now. They could be listening, Cal, to the show. So Dwight Hardy. Hello, welcome to the show. You stop I'm me in your house. <laughs> I could be in your driveway. Stop My me. Any time. Um, how do you feel about St. John's going into this tournament, Cal?
2: I feel good, and and I think they really need to uh, make a good showing in this tournament because they stumbled a little bit at the end. The Seton Hall game, they stumbled, but, and and then they uh, they didn't play that great against South Florida on Saturday night in the last game of the season, but they they turned it around and they wound up winning the game. But um, they're going to get Rutgers tomorrow, second round. They have the bye today, so they'll be fresh. Rutgers coming off an overtime game against Seton Hall today, so you would think that Rutgers is going to be a little bit tired. um, But at this point, they're they're playing in this tournament. that Their momentum, their adrenaline is going to take over. But I think St. John's is going to beat Rutgers tomorrow, and that'll set up a really good uh, quarterfinal matchup on Thursday afternoon with Syracuse.
1: Yeah, that's well that's that's the, like the game you're really looking forward to, right? Cuz Syracuse spanked uh St. John's earlier this year, right? Yeah. I, did they only, I, Did they only play once, Cal?
2: Um is I that because there's did. there's
1: 37 teams in the Big East? Yeah. Yeah,
2: there's 118
1: <laughs> teams. They play each other every 8 years. There's an there's an East, a West, a Central, a South, a yeah. Southeast, a Northwest a Canadian and, division and a Campbell conference, I believe, and I believe there's a Norris and there's also a uh, Federal League. I think <laughs> they have them all. They have them all covered. Uh, no, that would that would be a huge game. I would. Uh, that conjures up, you know, for those of us who uh, were young kids in the '80s and stuff like that in the mid '80s, and we were, you know, you and I were super young, but we talked about it on the show, like it. Conjures up memories of, uh, of St. John Syracuse from the eighties with Mark Jackson and Chris Mullen and Sure uh and Ronnie
2: Right, Sherman Douglas.
1: Sherm the Shermanator, the general Sherman Douglas. <laughs> uh Roni, Rony R O N Y Cycli. Wasn't Ronnie Rony. Oh Isn't absolutely Ronnie.
2: Wow. The only thing I remember about him was that he was married to a sports illustrated Ridiculous. swimsuit cover model.
1: I think her name was Benita or something like that. Elsa Benitez. Elsa Benitez. is right. Well, at least somebody used the last name Benitez for good things uh, yeah. around these parts, as well, opposed to Armando.
2: Ronnie Cycli. Ronnie Cycli, another, another interesting nugget about Ronnie Cycli. Yes. One half of the duo you could choose in NBA
1: Jam for Miami yes. Heat. That's correct. And the other half was?
2: I don't remember. Tim Hardaway? Might have been Hardaway. I I just remember Ronnie Cycli.
1: Actually, yeah, Hardaway is on Golden State on that. You could choose Michael was, Jordan, and Scottie Pippen, right,
2: uh, <laughs> right, Dominique Wilkins, and Spud Webb, Carl Malone, and John Stockton. And then if you wanted to play for the Heat,
1: you had Ronnie Cycli. <laughs> you had Ronnie Cycli, and a guy we can't even remember.
2: I don't. I honestly I don't. Could it be? Could it have been Alonzo Mourning?
1: I don't know. Oh, uh, was it had to be? Had to be Alonzo Mourning. Because he might
2: have been, He might have been on Charlotte at the time.
1: Charlotte would be Alonzo and Larry Johnson, maybe?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And Grandma Mullen? I don't Ma- remember. I, know Har- I think Hardaway was Golden State with Mullen.
2: Yeah. yeah, Hardaway and Mullen.
1: Hardaway and Mullen. That was a nice team, Cal.
2: Oh, run TMC.
1: <laughs> that was a good two-man team on that game.
2: Well, you had, oh, well, you had, you had Tim Hardaway, Chris Mullen, and then Mitch Richmond.
1: Mitch Richmond uh, Rich that's Richmond. on Sacramento probably right. Well, he was on Golden State at the time. He was on Golden State at the time. So run maybe Hardaway is. FFC. Right. Maybe Hardaway was on Miami. All I remember is he's heating up. <laughs> is that is that that game? That is, right? Of course it is. They've
2: actually remade it for the Nintendo Wii. He's on fire. It's a fun he's
1: game. He's heating up. He's on
2: Boom lot. <laughs>
1: Anyway, uh, that would be a great that would be great if, if it's it's uh, safe. But you know what? Get past Rutgers, all right? Do the right yeah. thing.
2: Yeah, they'll get past Rutgers. Rutgers.
1: Don't look past Rutgers.
2: I think they'll beat Rutgers.
1: Let me ask you a question. How are people in the audience? Or in audience because it's the Oscars. How are people in the crowd from the St. John side and the Rutgers side? How does that conversation go? How does it go? Yeah, like like the, the so you're the St. John side. I'm the Rutgers side. Okay. All right, so I'm saying you. Yeah, forget about St. John's. Let's go Rutgers.
2: Rutgers sucks.
1: <laughs> Johnny. And, and scene.
2: <laughs> Johnny's <laughs> going to wipe the floor with Rutgers. Yeah, you
0: know
1: what? Forget about it, all right? Yo, go back to Jersey. Why Rutgers, don't you? Right? Rutgers is awesome, all right? I can't even tell you how awesome Rutgers is. Come on, it's St.
2: John's. It's New York. We're New Yorkers. It's New York. <laughs>
3: And right? scene. Brilliant. Yeah. I
2: wasn't sure where you were going with that, but now that's I
1: exactly where I was going. You picked it up.
2: I'm not a good method actor.
1: <laughs> I want to be in the crowd for that game just to hear the dialects going back and forth. It's it's like Jersey Shore meets I I, I don't even know what what's King of Queens. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would be
2: King of Queens.
1: All right, four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen. So the big east storm is going on. I really want to uh, see that St. John's uh, Syracuse game, Cal. I'll watch well,
2: that.
1: How about that? Will you? I will watch that. That Thursday, is
2: a, Thursday at 2 o'clock. You're going to watch it?
1: That is a non-NCAA game that I will – or uh, you a know, tournament game that I will watch. Tournament's next week, Cal. I know. It's about to get mad in here.
2: And you want to know something? This is the first time since they've been doing Selection Sunday on television that I will actually be
1: watching. Well, because you have something to watch for. Finally. I'm excited. Your boys are actually in. Do you think that there will be a St. John's cam? I think, there has
2: to, I think there has to be because they have not been in the tournament in so long.
1: But are they, they're not a bubble team, though.
2: doesn't matter. There has, there has to be a camera on the reaction at St. John's because it's, a new, it's New York City in the tournament for the first time in 10 years.
1: And I'm taking issue. All right. I'm throwing a flag, throwing an RTU flag. Take Go ahead. Am I being a little too much of a homer? you you are no, you're not being a homer, but think about it, think about it this way what should that should the shouldn't the uh, selection Sunday cam be reserved there's, for bubble teams? Well, there's more than one camera CBS yeah. is a very wealthy network i <laughs> it gets overused. I only want to see it for bubble teams, teams that are it's like the Oscars. I don't want to see the the guy who knows he's going to win yeah, Boy, I'm, you, I'm obsessed with the Oscars, by the way. Yeah, just stop! It, it, it's it's the it, analogy for everything I talk about.
2: St. John's doesn't know where they're going to be seated, though.
1: Look, St. John's is just like the Oscars, Cal. All right, it's just like, it's just like the Oscar for best. No, seriously though, shouldn't it just be bubble teams? Why? I'm are you sure gonna, there's, look. What? <laughs> <laughs> you just gave me, you just gave me the look, and then you were quiet. Go on. I
2: hand waved you. The um. The intrigue is clearly with the bubble teams, obviously, right? There's a lot of intrigue. You want to see where the bubble team is going to wind up. They're going to make it in. But there's intrigue with the New York City team that hasn't been – St. John's is a flagship program of the Big East, right? Okay. Am I, overstating? Am I overstating it?
1: You're going a little big. Okay. A flagship program for the Big East? The Big East. This is not a government endowment. The Big East. They're one of the
2: original – Look, before before they expanded to 3,286
1: teams, they started with Big East, with with St. John's. Right. So they were there in the beginning. Okay, well, then fine. Maybe you get the St. John's cam.
2: No, it's fine. We got bigger fish to fry right now, and I'm sure – I am sure that on Sunday, St. John's website will have a camera on Alumni Hall. And they will have the students there, and and we'll get to see their reaction anyway. So,
1: so they can afford a webcam, is what you're saying, over at Alumni Hall, St. John's can sure. That's right. Well, they got a lot of. It's it's
2: Carnasecca Hall now.
1: Sorry, Carnasecca Hall. (laughs) He's still around.
2: (laughs) Oh, he's around.
1: Not in memoriam, there. You sure?
2: No, he's a little froggy too. He's he's really excited.
1: He's jumpy. I want to make this uh, a weekly thing, though, where I question whether uh, Lou Carnasecca is still alive. I think it's a weekly part of the program where I, I just – are we sure? We, that that always that will always come on the heels of you throwing a wet rag on my St. John's enthusiasm. <laughs> it's my job. Uh, we go hand in hand. Before we move on to the baseball, Cal, uh, and we're going to have uh, Pop Culture PJ, our buddy PJ, talk some pop culture stuff uh, okay. in, in the fun load. Pop Culture PJ. <laughs> um, he's going to hate that, by the way. He's, he's absolutely going to – oh, my God. We need to develop an animated character for him, too, that just kind of (laughs) bops along. Before we move on from the college basketball, obviously it's championship week, too, Cal. You know, there's basketball going on outside. I know. There are other games going on. The world's greatest arena. Uh, I noticed that uh, Texas Tech, I was telling you before, Texas Tech fired Bobby Knight. Yes. Did you see that?
2: I I, I saw it before when you told me, yeah. Right, and I
1: I, I, like I was telling you before, I don't think I realize, for those of you who don't know, my, my father-in-law is a, a proud alumni. alumni. Again, that's like the 13th time. Are we getting a dollar every time we use the word alumni? Alumnus. Alumnus of uh, Texas Tech. And I just, I don't know if it registered with me that at one point their football coach was Mike Leach and their yeah. basketball coach was Bobby Knight. Yeah. Like, who is running Texas Tech? It is liberal over there. <laughs> is Charlie Sheen like the the head of the drama department? I mean, this is, they are having a good time at Texas Tech. Forget it. every press conference must have been like we don't know what's going to happen. If you had to get assigned like to uh to like a local newscast sports newscast, I want Lubbock during that time. What
2: if you write for the Texas Tech paper? I know. <laughs> like, How about that? You you have a better job than somebody at the uh at a major network.
1: Right. You have a better job than the guy at the you know, the Kansas City local station. Without a right. doubt. I mean you're much better off. Their their communications department should have been huge for those That's years. Great. Yeah, well anyway, uh Bobby's gone. Or Pat oh, it's Pat Knight. I'm an idiot. It wasn't Bobby Knight, it was Pat Knight.
2: Pat yeah, I'm 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 saying Bobby, Bobby Knight's, been Knight's gone son. for a while. Right. Yeah, but they Pat- did have
1: Bobby Knight and Mike Leach at the same time. Yes, that's true. And now they had Pat Knight and Bobby Leach at the same time.
2: Pat Knight
1: and Mike Leach. And Mike Leach. I'll be all right. Bobby Leach. Right. Bobby Leach. <laughs> He's a race car driver.
2: Didn't he throw submarine for the Mets back in that's the That's Terry Leach. Terry Leach.
1: Yes. Well, now that we completely F that up, uh, moving on to... <laughs> we can edit Pat- it in post. Yeah, we're totally editing that in post. Anyway, Pat Knight, uh at Texas Tech. We hardly knew you. You're on the unemployment line with your father. Okay, uh moving on. The Mets, Cal. Good. Oh god.
2: Why no why why so exasperated? Because why are we so exasperated? you know, you're doing what they want you to do? How do how can I do anything else? Don't listen to them. Don't listen to the media.
1: So you're fine. Look, it's okay. Carlos Beltran is probably not going to start the season. He's going to start the season on the DL. I mean, what the heck? Look,
2: let me tell you what how I am. All right? I don't have any expectations this year. None. Zero. All right? So whatever happens, happens. I'm not going to get worked up on March 8th. For the season, like everybody wants us to. Oh, the season's over. The what was? What was the, the the quote you had earlier when Joel Sherman types Mets into his spell check?
1: <laughs> I said that, uh, that Joel Sherman, <laughs> when he types in Mets, it asks him what adjective he wants to use, and it's, his choices are beleaguered, depressing, <laughs> disappointing, struggling, and uh, star crossed. Star-crossed, right. Those are his choices. Word word automatically uh, gives him one of those adjectives to describe the mess. I get that, Cal, but, you know, I, okay, look, I said it, my, I said that I wasn't going to have expectations for this season. I said that I lied, Cal. I lied. You
2: did lie. You did.
1: Because I have some expectations. I don't want to give up on the season before it even starts. But what, now, with
2: Carlos Beltran getting hurt, why is that giving up on the season before it starts?
1: I, I'm not saying it is. Okay. But I was certainly counting on, a, you know, Dr. Ray said it to us when I texted this today. He said, you know, you were like, it's no big deal. I'm like, the the Titanic is sinking, the ship be sinking. And, and Evan was like, of course it's the ship be sinking. You guys were counting on having a healthy lineup, quote unquote. I'm doing the air quotes thing like Sheila from Say Anything. You are. All right. You were counting on ha- having a healthy lineup. If they have a healthy lineup of Reyes – Pagan, Wright, Beltran, Bay, Davis, Tolley, Murphy, that's a competitive lineup. You take Beltran out of that lineup, it's not competitive anymore.
2: No, that's not true. By removing Beltran, it's automatically not competitive. Who goes into
1: that spot, Cal? Willie Harris? We don't even have the good Hairston.
2: We actually do. We have both of them, believe it or not.
1: We have Jerry, too?
2: Jerry's there, too, yeah. (laughs) No, he's not. He is. He's in camp. Jerry's in camp.
1: <laughs> can we have their father? Because he can know. play.
2: Right. Senior.
1: Jerry senior. Uh, look, F-Mart maybe gets a shot at the job. You know, Captain Kirk, New and Weiss, House and Weiss. And Lucas Duda. Don't Lucas forget about Duda? Lucas Duda. You like Lucas Duda, don't you?
2: How could you not like Lucas Duda?
1: I I, I don't know. Lucas is, Duda. That a, is that a rhetorical question? No, no. I'm, a, I'm asking you. How could you not like him? Let me ask you. Uh, so this is the question then, Cal. All right. Let's say Beltron's out. Let's say he starts the season on the DL. Okay. Which is looking more likely by the day.
2: But it's not a given that that's going to happen. But okay. What do you let's, think he's just taking some
1: time off? Look,
2: let's play. I'm going to play your game. All right. Who gets okay. the job in right field? In right field on opening day, it should be Fernando Martinez.
1: You give the job to FMar.
2: I think it should be yes.
1: And you say go do it and be successful with it.
2: Right, and then the follow-up question to that is when he gets hurt on opening day, he (laughs) plays game two in right field.
1: Well, because you know what's good, Cal? To be a 20-year-old prospect and have arthritic knees. (laughs) That's good. You know, when your top prospect gets arthritis at age 20? Right. Not a great sign. Yeah,
2: when, when, when when the numbers one and two on the right field depth chart both have arthritis in
1: their knees. Yeah. Well, one's at least in his 30s. I know. The, other one's, the other the one, the other one's 19. No, he's he's been he's, he's been like 22 somewhere. now. He's been around since uh, 1986. He has been around forever. Look, here's the thing with the Mets, all right. I'm not gonna get down. I'm not gonna get crazy about it, all right. It's just like a big I told you so. Like I just From hate who? seeing it. I just hate seeing in the media like we told you something oh, was gonna go wrong. Told oh, you.
2: Yeah, well, well, you know what? If, if if they will it hard enough, then something will always go wrong with this team.
1: I think you know? Terry Collins is doing a good job so far. Right. Ali got lit up today, Cal. Yeah, I did. Fred, although he lit, hit, today.
2: although he he then retired the last seven batters that he faced.
1: Did you see how? I did. Dazzling <laughs> defensive plays behind him. I did. Dazzling. Now, he could oldest, have easily given up five runs in that game.
2: Is this going to be his last start as a Met?
1: Definitely his last start. Right. I don't know if it means the end of him. They'll they'll give him a shot as a twelve million dollar situational lefty. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness gracious.
2: Do you think that he's going to be on the team on no. opening day?
1: No, I don't. Okay. Gut feeling tells me, and we're obviously, folks, we're going to talk a lot of baseball about two weeks from now. Uh, and hopefully have some, uh, some folks on from Mets blog. Maybe uh, Matt Zerone might join us. Uh, we're hopeful we'll probably have Patrick Flood on again. He writes uh, a great blog for SNY as well. And hopefully we'll have uh, the, the gentleman from Bronx Banter on as well. Uh, these are all SNY blogs. They're great blogs. They do a great job covering the Mets. And the Yankees. Uh, But, you know, just I think Collins is doing a great job. I don't think Perez is there opening day, but I think Collins going to see him today was huge. It tells the veterans, look, I made a commitment to him or or I made a promise to him and I'm keeping it. Right. You know, one of the things Martino said on that chat today that I did agree with is that he's surprised at how well uh, Collins is handling the veterans. He thought he'd be great with the kids. But he's surprised at how well he's handling the veterans, and and it seems like he's learned from his last stint eleven years ago. So i am been very pleased with Collins.
2: Well, how is he handling the kids?
1: I think I think that's that's a no-brainer. I think the kids love him. They all know him from you know being minor league coordinator and stuff like that. I think they all really like him. Cal, I was drawing the example with uh, uh, K Mac the other day. We got into another Jet Giant fight. Wow! And uh, <laughs> I know Again? just never ends, just never ends. Uh, but, uh, we were talking about, uh, uh, Coughlin and Collins. Very similar sort of hiring there. Don't you think? I think so. Like, uh, you know, Coughlin brought in after a rough time at Jacksonville, maybe lost the players, maybe the message isn't working anymore, but he comes to the Giants after they have a laissez-faire kind of coach. Uh, you know, same thing with Collins. He comes in, Jerry Manuel wasn't really, a taskmaster. Collins has a reputation for maybe being too stern, but it Mm -hmm. seems like he's learned a little bit. Um, I, I, you know, I think Terry Collins might work out. Like we said, if we get two years out of him, you feel great about it. Right. Because he, he writes the ship and he gives them some credibility as far as playing the game. Right.
2: Well, yeah, Well, between Terry Collins on the field and Sandy Alderson in the front office, I think that that was the big thing for this team was, was to regain credibility and write the ship. And they look like that's what they're doing. Despite all of the off-field nonsense with, with Bernie Madoff and the Will Ponds, and despite that, I think that they're doing a really good job of writing the baseball ship despite what you will read in
1: the papers. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And, and you know what? Look, Joel Sherman that we alluded to earlier, he's a columnist here in the Daily News who wrote this article about the Mets needing to pare their roster down, have a complete fire sale, right. and take the payroll down to $70 million. I said, well, why didn't he just write and they should move the franchise to Wichita while they're at it? Right. Like why not just go the whole way, Joel? Why not just go the whole way? Well, in the article he said, said he talked to, to Andus. In the
2: article he said he talked to uh, executives in baseball who seem to think that the Mets with a 70 million dollar payroll will still draw 2 million fans,
1: which is insane.
2: So I that's, don't know who the well, executives he spoke to.
1: Yeah. Well, <clears throat> the executive in charge of insanity it might have been a
2: guy who runs a fantasy baseball team. Maybe that was the executive that he spoke to. I don't know, because that's yeah. ridiculous.
1: One of the owners in your fantasy baseball league does not count as a, as a uh, team executive.
2: General manager of the Texas Leaguers <laughs> said that the Mets will still draw two million fans.
1: The, uh, the general manager of the Grateful Dead Sox doesn't count. Uh, two million fans? He's out of his mind.
2: That's crazy.
1: He's out of his mind. Look if you cut the payroll to seventy million dollars, then move the team to Fairfield. You know, move the team to Connecticut. Because they don't belong in New York. I'm sorry. I I I I hate to sound like a privileged New York sports fan. But no team of mine, for what I pay to go see it, should have a payroll of seventy million dollars. Sorry. Just it, it does not compute. The, for what the revenues are for that team, the, be they the Mets or the Yankees, obviously the Yankees never have to worry about this. You imagine the Yankees with a seventy million dollar payroll? That'd be the left side of their infield. <laughs> they they wouldn't even have CC. Like you you see you know what I mean? You could they couldn't afford CC. A Rod yeah. and Jeter. You could maybe maybe get to share in, but I, you know I, I, we live in New York. Don't tell me that my team should have a seventy million dollar payroll. Are you kidding me? No. You know it, it's that kind of. I guess we're never having Joel Sherman on the show. I can tell you that much. But it's that, sort of jo- it's that sort of journalism that drives me crazy.
2: It's lazy journalism. It is. I say it all the time. It's lazy journalism. It's, it's let's just autopilot a, a, a pre-existing column that we ran, change the names and the, and the dates around, and, and there you go. Well,
1: I, actually, Cal, I think that's incendiary. I think it's a step above lazy journalism. I thought it was incendiary. I mean, I thought it was really designed to actually fire up. Oh, that fan base.
2: It absolutely. I I sent you a text on Sunday morning after I read it with my bagels and coffee. All right, it's supposed to be a relaxing Sunday morning at home. That was. And then I read the New York Post <laughs> and I read article number one. Jose Reyes is the Carmelo Anthony of the New York Mets. Brilliant, brilliant.
1: He's already off the team. He's already been written off the team.
2: Right, and and he's going to be a malcontent who forces a trade to his the team of his destination. All right, that's yep. number one. Number two, I read the article about Bryce Harper, the phenom of the Nationals, and how he will be a Yankee in 2017. Excellent. Already, yeah. They've already calculated that. <laughs> and then article number three was Sherman's article about blowing up the Mets uh, and listening to offers on everybody, including David Wright. Yeah. And that a $70 million payroll will still net you 2 million fans in your smaller ballpark than Shea Stadium.
1: And they drew 2-5 last year with the novelty of a new stadium. I think, Cal, I think it was uh, the guy on Amazing Avenue, amazingavenue.com, who wrote a great sort of response. And I know Cerrone reposted it on Meth Blog and stuff. A great response to that article by Sherman. You know, I I can't even take him seriously because it was genuinely designed, I think. It was Joel Sherman saying, and, and he does so on a daily basis. It was Joel Sherman saying, hey, go F yourselves. Enjoy.
2: Yeah, let, let's let's tweak the Met fans this morning.
1: Yeah, choke on your Dunkin' Donuts uh, croissant, which I did. Hey, <laughs> all right. So anyway, uh, we're gonna obviously talk uh, more baseball down the wire. You know what I want to talk about next week, Cal? I'm gonna do a little tease for next week's show. Maybe we can get into it next week. What? There was a uh, an article about how Collins intends on using uh, Francisco Rodriguez, K-Rod. Uh, the Mets closer, who is due a $17.5 million bonus. Right. If he finishes 55 games. Right. Right. And the Mets can ill afford that. They're lucky they can, you know, they're going to, like Evan said last week, they're going to have the plane for Major League. Right. This year. That they well, may not use him in the ninth inning to close games.
2: That's interesting.
1: Collins said, I may use him. I'm paraphrasing. And I'm also speaking in a way louder voice than he did. <laughs> I may use him to get the most important out of the game. If it's in the seventh inning, it's in the seventh inning. And I had a long debate with the guys I play baseball with. And, and again, bring up these, uh, these guys I email with all the time. They're a really good crew. You know, let's call them the, the brew crew because we're the brewers or whatever. The brew crew email guys. We had about 78 emails go back and forth on this about two months ago. About this idea of why wouldn't you? The idea of a closer is so stupid. Why wouldn't you use your best pitcher in the biggest spot in the game? How often is the biggest spot in the game in the ninth inning? Often. It's it's not, though. I think it is. It's not. The biggest spot in the game could be in the seventh inning. Why would you use, like, the sixth best pitcher in your bullpen to get the biggest out of the game?
2: Well, here, and I don't want to debate this right now, but. The the flip side of that is that you use your closer in the seventh inning of what you think is the biggest spot in the game, right? Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. Now the ninth inning comes, and you have a new
1: biggest spot in the game. But you, what? But you never even get to that biggest spot in the game if you don't get through the seventh.
2: That's true. No, that's fair.
1: Like, you know, the the uh, there was, again, I can't remember who wrote it or what blog, but this was a conversation that, as I said, with these Brew Crew guys, that we had like two months ago, and it was heated. I mean, there were literally like 100 emails going back and forth in one day about, you know, you could use your closer in the fourth inning. Maybe the fourth inning is the biggest spot in the game. No, I don't agree with that. But if the biggest – if you've got second and third, right, and you're you're protecting a one-run lead in the bottom of the eighth, okay, and you have a Ryan Howard up, right, why am I not using K-Rod in that spot? You know, why am I not using K-Rod to get that out? If I can't get, you know, I may never get to the next three outs if I don't get that out. You know, but I I think they were even talking about using him in like the seventh inning.
2: Well, I just, I think they got to be careful with how they do that because they don't want to invite any kind of skepticism from his agent, from the players union. Because remember, Steve he he averaged uh, he he finished an average of over 55 games for 4 years before last year. So it's not I mean that's what he that's pretty much what he does every year is he finishes at least 55
1: games. Well, there's a reason they came up with that number. They didn't just throw a dart at a board. Well, I'm <laughs> No, I know. And 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 of course, you don't want to invite that sort of thing, but you know, it's it's pretty much understood that the only way he's going to get that is if the Mets are in contention. Right. Otherwise, you know, they're, they're going to be a little, less, a little more judicious about the times they bring him in. I'm saying what Collins brought up the other night is an interesting point that I would love to debate down the line. Because I have long thought the idea of saving a guy just to get three outs in the ninth inning, right, and using your fifth best pitcher in a big spot in the eighth is stupid. <gasps> it's stupid. And you know who we have to thank for it? I, yeah, I can't believe you're going to say this. Tony Larusa
2: the man invented baseball in,
1: well he and bobby valentine and tim mccarver got together went on that retreat you know <laughs> when this when this is all over i think we should get an apartment <laughs> maybe you got, you got calm down there brick
2: do you think they sat around and boiled uh, macaroni
1: in a pot over a campfire on that retreat speaking of macaroni and a campfire let's uh let's call pj oh of let's call pop culture pj and uh and and bring him in and and do a little fun load
2: pop culture pj squeep 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 get him a, a jingle and an animated cartoon figure Zach.
1: let's bring in pop culture pj and uh let's see i right, hold on here oh, i don't know what happened there and uh
3: a fun load i have i have time for a fun load baby
1: Let's welcome in time.
3: P.J. Time for a fun load. i that... for a fun load.
1: Is that the new Fun Load song?
3: Baby.
1: That's excellent. Welcome okay. to uh, welcome to Ready to Unload, uh, Pop Culture P.J.
3: Thank you. Thank What's you. What's going are... on, brother? Oh, it's, uh, it's very tired. Very tired. I had a rough day.
2: What, what'd you do today?
3: Uh my financial advisor called me and uh, he told me that uh <clears throat> we we bought five percent of the New York Mets.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. That's a that's a winning ticket there, Boy. oh,
3: well, I felt pretty good about it until I got the uh, prospectus. And yeah, I opened the prospectus and it just said you lose.
1: That's a Wonka bar right there, boy. You gotta go
3: I yeah. got a golden ticket. <laughs> How about if I just sing my way through this?
1: <laughs> I think that'll
3: work. That'd be fantastic. I got a
1: golden ticket. You know what's diff- you know what's difficult about the golden ticket song?
3: Um, you uh, go ahead.
1: Yeah, sounding manly. That's right. <laughs> no,
3: no, that's not true. <laughs>
1: Uh, Pige, what's going on, pal? Uh, we, we played this clip last week, and I think we vowed to play it now on every show ever,
0: uh, during the fun load, so... Some are hey, saying Dr. that you're bipolar. Wow, what does that mean? I guess that, you know, you're on two ends of the spectrum. Wow. And then what? What's the cure? Medicine? Make me like them? Not gonna happen. I'm by winning I win here and I win there. Now what? If I'm bipolar...
1: I just I, I have to stop Charlie right there. Uh he's by winning, peach I really wanted to get your opinion of, of what's going on with Charlie Sheen.
3: i you know, this is I <laughs> the it's possible you know, it's possible to to like your drugs <laughs> to like your <laughs> whores. And keep it all together.
1: That's it's that, you're saying he's proving that?
3: Well, I'm saying it's possible. <laughs>
1: he seems to have it all
2: together right now, I have to say.
3: Yeah. Yeah, now, you know, just because you get caught with the drugs and the hookers doesn't mean that it's a cry for help.
1: No, you it know. may just be a cry no, of but joy. That cat,
3: is, that cat is crying for, that is, for that help. That is a cry for help. I'm stepping on her. I'm, I should probably stop. <laughs>
1: well, that's And now the ASPCA is after us. That's Thank you. Peach. Uh, uh, so, with the Charlie Sheen thing, we talked a little bit last week about how, um, you know, we, we take for granted that athletes have the mentality to play under the pressure that they have and stuff like that. Yep. And I was, I thought, <laughs> I thought, do you, do you think there's an athlete that could go Charlie Sheen? Like, do, do with, like, I with the, start... with,
3: the pro- with the prostitutes and and the drugs? Is there yeah, is like... there one is there one we have to watch? In other words. <laughs> right. right. We Look, I have I've had my eye on Johnny Damon for years, and I'm just waiting for him to slip. <laughs> how br- th- see?
1: This is exactly what, how brilliant would it be if Johnny Damon went Sheen and <laughs> j- just started just started talking about? You never see an athlete do this. Well, I mean, what well, you, you know, do I guess Wilt did, you know, yeah. back in the day, or you know, but like, it, wouldn't it be great if Damon just went Sheen and said he had Tiger blood and Adonis DNA and. And had like a webcam and he's playing Pong and like well, you know, it,
3: goddesses. That kinda of brings it, it kinda of brings it back to Tiki Barber. If Tiki Barber had been that interesting, he might still be on the air somewhere.
1: That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Until of course he cheated on his what? His pregnant wife with like his uh, or the the wife with twins with the seventeen year old nanny or something like that. Didn't, didn't Tiki uh isn't he getting sued for divorce by uh, like seven yeah. people?
3: Well, I don't know, I don't read. Um we should, yeah, we gotta put that out right up front <laughs>
1: I'm,
3: the, uh, not, uh, I'm not a reader.
1: the other person
3: say, <laughs> per
1: I'm not that strong a swimmer um, right. Peach the other thing I wanted to ask you about, you know, and this is true, I'm not even making this up uh a lot of people have asked me about you were singing just before the, the unload the uh fun load song
3: um a not lot for of. A fun load, baby. Yeah, what that was I'm sorry. What? I I was caught up in my own brilliance for a second there.
1: <laughs> Why does that sound like the theme song to a really bad 80s sitcom?
3: Um, well because Ted it's, it's, <laughs> Look, some people are interest uh influenced by uh, Bono and the Edge. I'm influenced by Alan Thick. <laughs> the songs of Alan Thick.
1: Now it's time if you for want fun low, yeah, I mean, if you fun want to go toe-to-toe. To toe
3: toe, if, if you want to find a, a better theme song uh, writer in the last 20 years, well, 30 years, you know, Alan Thicke is it. He's tough. So, well, you got, I, I only steal from the best.
1: You got Show Me That Smile, right? What else did he write?
3: But did he write the these The world songs? don't move to beat of just one drum. What he's might not be right, right for you strokes. may not
1: be right for some. He wrote different
3: strokes. A man is born, he's a, he's man, a man of man means, of me. a a to, They got they nothing but jeans, but they Thank got. You. Uh,
1: We <laughs> harmonized that by accident.
3: <laughs> I'll do the whole thing. <laughs>
1: Who wrote? Uh, you know what the big question is. Who wrote Family Ties? While we're here.
3: Oh, oh, uh, um.
1: Is it oh, not? You it's not like. Me now. Not like Neil Sedaka or something like Where's Dr. E-Ray when we need him? This is the kind of stat stuff that, that we need him for.
3: Yeah, see, I'm not much of a typer either, Post. otherwise, was I'd it? use the internet, you know.
1: It, was, it wasn't Mike Post. It might have been. No. If it With was that, an instrumental, it would have been Mike Post.
3: Yeah, it, didn't, us, it, didn't, it didn't have a dinky Casio keyboard on it. I wouldn't say that it was Mike Post. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to have at least one part going. Ding, doink, 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 doink. <laughs>
1: Somewhere with his PT eighty two, he was uh,
3: he was composed of
1: <laughs> without yeah. us was composed by Jeff Barry and Tom Scott.
3: Right, I was gonna yeah, no, I wasn't gonna say them.
1: Performed by Johnny Mathis and Denise Williams.
0: Mm
3: hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So
1: we obviously brought you on to talk about uh, show uh, <laughs> TV. No, show. I want
3: to stay with this. Remember that song by Peaches and Herb. <laughs>
1: I don't even remember Peaches and Herb.
3: Oh, I man. thought that was Ashford and Simpson. You're Ashford and Simpson. <laughs> I am. He,
2: <laughs> people were you asking... You know,
3: they sang with Teddy Pendergrass at uh, Live Aid. Did you see that? That was who, beautiful. Peaches and Herb? No! Ashford oh. and Simpson. <laughs> what did they sing?
2: You know, so- if Calvary
3: can't keep up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave.
1: I can't
2: keep up <laughs> with my 80s R&B duos. Did they <laughs> sit Solid as a Rock?
3: Um, they did, and then they brought out Teddy, you know, in the wheelchair. He had just had the accident. Oh, boy. And, uh, and they sang Reach Out and Touch Somebody's Hand. It oh, was a wow. big emotional moment. I do
1: oh. not I do not recall that. What do you remember from Live Aid? I mean, besides Teddy Pendergrass coming out. What, what else? What do you remember from? I, I have very specific memories of being out that day and mm-hmm. having to tape it on a VCR. Right. Like Scott Scott and I had some sort of family event that day, and so uh, we bought I like home.
3: eight. You oh, the whole thing,
1: right? We had like eight VCR tapes, and we kept right. like stopping at home because <laughs> it was local. Stopping at home to change the tape.
3: Yeah. yeah. And then I, well,
1: I I don't I don't know if we what do you remember though Cal you got any you remember anybody from that day?
2: I I remember the whole Phil Collins uh, scenario. Bill right. Collins went
3: tra- He went transatlantic, right? He performed he, yes, at Wembley, jumped in a plane, and came over and performed at Philly. It was huge.
1: I thought that was cool.
3: Yeah. I
1: remember uh, Zeppelin,
3: right? Bill Collins just retiring, by the way. He From what? He will not be performing live anymore. He's uh, sitting behind the kid, he said, has uh, crushed his vertebrae.
1: So basically, we wow. we can look forward to no more of uh, ridiculously schmaltzy Disney tunes. Now we just have Randy Newman. Right. Right. Exactly. Well, uh, Phil, uh, it was time to hang him up. Hang up the piano, guy.
3: Uh, one, one thing you can remember from Live Aid was that uh, there was, a, um, in all but name, a Led Zeppelin reunion. Um,
1: That's Yeah, I remember that. And Dick
3: Clark talked over it, and then ABC <laughs> cut the commercial.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh.
3: That was it, a big whoopsie. Yeah. Wow.
1: Do you remember if it was like the MTV, like, folks covering it, right?
3: Yes. MTV covered it. Uh, yeah. ABC covered it. And uh, Bob Geldof actually convinced ABC to erase their masters because he had promised everyone who did it that it was a one-off and it would never be distributed in in any other way. Really? Yeah. So (laughs) when he finally changed his mind and they they thought that they would do the Live Aid DVD and they they managed to find enough footage at MTV and uh, enough BBC footage to call together uh, four hours wow for the, uh, the DVDs um oh, I'm sorry 4 DVDs worth for the release but they ended up they ended up losing um several several hours to you know it's gone unless you know somebody still has like uh, a VHS tape in their basement yeah a lot yeah. of the performances uh never made it to that DVD
1: I think uh I think my my I, I remember Queen uh am I wrong I remember Queen that day
3: yep well if uh, you, if you will allow me to say it um um, that is, I think, and it, it's. I, 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 people agree with me that are like major, uh, Rolling Stone and such. Um, that was the greatest live performance ever done by a rock band. Wow! Mm-hmm. At Live Eight, eighty-five, yeah. July thirteenth.
1: I've heard uh, Klosterman say that. I've heard uh, several people say that. I remember that performance very well.
3: If I... for no other reason, too, because no one expected it to be that good.
1: Right, and also because they were, and this is the next thing I wanted to talk to you about,
3: mm-hmm. uh,
1: but they were the perfect stadium rock band. Yes. They were made to play in that venue. They were made to play in a in, in a Wembley in front of 80,000 people. Their songs were so anthemic that they fit perfectly in a, in a Wembley. Right. And so you take the moment, you take the charity, you take the world-watching, you take perfect songs for that uh for that venue i could see I could see that I could see that I think you know like zeppelin in seventy eight at the garden they might have something to say about that
3: zeppelin actually i was I've been thinking about that, and Zeppelin is a great arena band, but Zeppelin also translated very well to small houses yes um absolutely. Queen was kind of a band when they played uh, a three hundred seat house um it was it 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 was too much for the place.
1: Yeah, it's too big. You know,
3: they too big. they needed to get more famous so that they could find uh, the spaces for them to actually play the the show that they were supposed to play, which right. was you know bigger than anything.
1: And you also had one of the greatest frontmen ever, you know, in a rock band in, in Freddie Mercury too, who could yeah. command eighty thousand people.
3: Yeah, you know? another cause... iconic image from Live Aid is where yep. he gets seventy thousand people. Uh, to clap in unison to Radio Gaga, not even not even their strongest song. <laughs> Ew. you know it's right. It's it's about song number one twenty four on their on their strong song list.
1: But and that brings me to uh, this page. I was thinking about this today, and right along these lines, that
3: are we only going to talk about things you were thinking about today? Yes, all right. That's what the segment
2: is. What was Steve <laughs> thinking about today? Okay, you know, I'm going
3: to have to rewrite the song then. I I I got a thought today.
1: (laughs) We need to get a uh, an '80s female singer in here to duet on this uh, theme song with you. Um,
3: Well, I I think I qualify.
1: Yes.
3: (laughs) The
1: the idea of Queen. You know, when have you been to a sporting event and not heard Queen? You know, there's certain music that is so perfect for uh, sports. That translates so well into either an arena uh, or a stadium. One of the reasons I bring it up, Dr. e E-Ray was at uh, the Islander game this past weekend at the arena, and uh, and and lamenting the fact that it cost him nine dollars for a beer and the team stinks. Right. But but you know it's it's they play some good music in there, but it gets loud in there, right? Uh, there are certain songs that maybe should be played, shouldn't be played. It,
3: obviously, oh, I got two. I well, here's here's my here's my my uh, my angel and my devil. The yeah. thing the, the thing I love to hear the most at a sporting event is we will rock you. Of course. You know. Of course. It's, it's it's the, drum beat. the thing that I can't stand hearing <laughs> at an event. And I don't I don't know why they play it at every sporting event. Um Crazy Train Ozzy Osbourne. Really? Yeah. Drives me nuts. I don't I don't know, know cuz he yells all aboard and it's great and then it has no purpose. I, I thought I, you were going to say you don't want to hear Chumbawamba
2: at, an, at a sporting event anymore.
3: I get knocked down, but I get up again. And you're never going to freak down.
2: I guess it's inspirational. You know what I thought you were going to say? I like the
3: Chumbawamba. I, thought, I, I, know I, have, you- I have my own copy of uh, Tub Thumper, actually, in my hand. Chumbawamba. Right now? Yeah. Wow. I, I can read you the track listing. Did you know that that came out in 1997? No, it did.
1: I don't think Chumbawamba knew it came out in 1997. (laughs) I think I think they know all too well. (laughs) I, you know what I thought you were going to say, Peach? I thought you were going to say Gary Glitter, Rock and Roll Part Two, Part One, Part Two. I think it's Part One.
3: And then I think. No, 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 no. see that's great. That's wonderful. (laughs) That gets the crowd going. What does the crowd do during Crazy Train except start talking to each other?
1: I, I agree with you. They play Crazy Train at the Jet games all the time. I'm not a fan. Overused.
3: Doesn't do, any,
1: doesn't do anything for me.
3: Overused. They play Metallica.
1: Hell's Bells by Metallica. Uh, that gets you going a little bit at a football game. Hold
3: not on. appropriate
1: Not appropriate at a baseball game.
3: Back it up. Hell's Bells would be uh, ACDC, sir.
1: Sorry, not uh, – what am I thinking? Oh, for whom the bell tolls, Metallica.
3: Oh, Oh great! Yeah. Nice nine minutes. And hell <laughs> What? What? <do laughs> that's you, great. What do you guys? Why think don't they of, play close um, to the Edge"? <laughs>
2: <laughs> what do you guys think of Billy Joel's "Pressure" during a real key moment in a game?
1: That's I a like baseball it song to me. Yeah, that's a but that's a baseball song though. I don't I know. I, just, I know. like it in the ninth inning of a baseball game.
2: It's mostly baseball, I think.
1: Yeah, can you see it, Cal? Can you see it in a shootout? Maybe.
2: Uh, Cal, I can see I can, it in a shootout. I could also see Europe's the final countdown. Well, no,
3: look. no, I'll punch you in the face. Don't don't <laughs> bring <laughs> that song up. Hey, PJ you don't like that? We
1: will hang up this phone. There are some songs that <laughs> that need never go away from the arena and or the stadium.
3: It's Europe.
1: Final countdown is one of them. That or if Joe Bluth is doing magic.
3: Well, yeah, then it's appropriate. <laughs> I, I, now, I have that Europe album on vinyl because, you know, we all know I have a past. You're the guy. Yeah, I have it. And I'll tell you this right now, I'm holding it in my hand.
1: Wow. Is Carrie on there?
3: Uh, Final Countdown, Rock the Night, and Carrie. Carrie is track three. You really are holding re- it in your hand. <laughs> that album was really – do you think I'm kidding? <laughs>
2: no, I, don't, I know you don't think – you're not joking, but –
3: Wow, oh, I I am a sad hoarding pack rat of a person. I you're going to be on that my show, junk. Aren't you?
1: yeah. You're going to be on that show, aren't you? Yeah,
3: but you uh, have it yes. that readily available. This is pilot. Why?
1: <laughs> Why do you have Europe Europe on vinyl at your fingertips?
3: In Chumbawamba,
1: <laughs> these should be buried somewhere. I will fight
3: both of you.
1: <laughs> Listen,
2: L- let me there. just
3: add. Um, the uh, the uh, the cover of the Europe album is a cartoon, and it came out in 1986. Those are all you need to know. <laughs>
1: uh, aren't there now? There there are clever ways to use music, though. No. At like there's two <laughs> great examples. No, no. The, the, Cal, you know the one great example, right? With uh, Chuck Finley, right? Uh, yes. Who Chuck Finley? Who had uh, was a pitcher? I, I think he was with the Angels at that at that point, or the well, in-
2: let's, maybe. Yeah, well, the song he used was Here I Go Again by Whitesnake.
1: Right. And this is. So why, did
2: he, why did he use
1: it? Right. This is significant because. Well, he didn't use it. They played it.
2: Well, they played it for him.
1: Right. They played okay. Here I Go Again by Whitesnake because Chuck Finley was married to Tony Katayan and she beat the crap out of him.
3: Oh, oh, okay.
1: And this was like a week after he charged her with domestic violence and he was coming to the mound to pitch and the guy thought it would be funny if he played Here I Go Again. Well, that is funny. <laughs> yes, yes, he was
3: suspended. Oh, but that is, that is very, very good. That's, that's funny too.
1: Yeah, there's, there's, there's other. I can't. count. can you think of any other ones? There's other,
2: not off the top of my head, but
1: I, I believe in in Atlanta,
2: the organist plays all of those songs. For that's every, right. for every visiting player. He comes up with some co- some sort of witty take on a song. Now well, I there...
3: have that White Snake album in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> And okay. uh, I want you to know that it came out in nineteen eighty seven and uh don't forget it's also got Still of the Night.
1: I yes it does. Oh right. Yeah. And uh, uh Still of the Night, the greatest black dog ripoff ever. Yeah. Uh the the, the, no, the uh, oh,
3: and don't and don't forget the drummer on that album, we all know David Coverdale is in that band, but the drummer on that album, uh Ainsley Dunbar.
1: No, Tommy Aldridge.
3: The drummer on, here I go again. I I know Tommy Aldridge and Whitesnake, they go back. But the drummer on this album is Ainsley Dunbar.
1: He only played on the album, though, because Tommy Aldridge played. I mean, Tommy Aldridge and his really scary hawk like face are on, in all those videos. Right. <laughs> right, and Tommy probably was the, by the
3: time they got uh, to yeah. shooting the video, uh, uh, Ainsley had taken the check and left, and you know.
1: <laughs>
3: Thanks, mate. It's been great. Uh, right. He's a you journeyman. Know. He go, he goes where the money is, and he doesn't stick around for the video shoots. Yeah.
1: Let to, let Tommy take the. You know, you know what I I I love. I just made the assumption that anybody named Ainsley Dunbar has got to be British.
3: But <laughs> well, he was in uh, Journey for a while, wasn't he? Yeah.
1: I believe so. I automatic Journey's another great stadium band.
3: Well, Sure.
1: You know? Another great stadium. You know, some good songs there, right? Like O'Sherry.
3: Oh <laughs> oh, oh, Sherry is not a journey song.
1: I know. It's Steve Perry solo. I know. Come on. Scoop of vanilla, scoop of chocolate. Don't waste my time. I, I know that.
3: I, I guess Don't Stop Believing uh, would would be an okay uh, stadium song.
1: It's, it, was the, you, it was the
2: anthem of the 2005 Chicago White Sox.
3: I don't know who they are or what sport they play. <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, Now Pete (laughs) A couple of final thoughts on this though With the music And one of the reasons Seriously I brought it up Because uh, Our friend Our friend No I'm being completely facetious Our friend Kevin uh, Had asked us Your friend Kevin And now uh, a mutual friend of mine uh, Who we might have on the show In a couple of weeks uh, When the NHL playoffs start He runs a, a great NHL website But Kevin had asked About the theme music For this show For Ready to Unload
3: Oh it's terrific stuff
1: yeah, well, you really? You think so? You're being modest.
3: Thank you. I'm a fan.
1: Cal, Cal's a huge fan of the song.
3: I'm a big
2: fan. I wish I knew who wrote it. So do I. <laughs> it's in the vault, boys.
1: Yeah, no, but uh, I think that song is rather anthemic. I think that could be a good stadium song.
3: Oh, that would be fantastic. I'm holding ready to unload in my hand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> on vinyl?
3: <laughs> and not on vinyl. On the CD, and I'll have you know that it uh, it was written in uh, 2004.
1: Uh-huh.
3: And that's a lie. It was written in 2003. Right. Uh, by me.
1: That's correct. Written by uh, one PJ. Pop Culture PJ wrote that song. You. Lastly, uh, you had one of the greatest, uh, Cal, I don't know if you know this, but PJ, a while back, was talking about Muse, right? Now, Muse is good stadium music, right? Yes. Uh, they're big. That's, they're big. They, yeah, yeah, they write these these songs that are just epic. <laughs> <laughs> like I think the mix, the, the the recording engineer just puts you know just sets it on epic.
3: Pretty much, yeah. they yeah. right. There's a button well, that says right, right. through
1: the he roof. Hits, he hits the epic button on the on the mixing board. <laughs> but PJ, Pj had been reviewing their latest album or something like that on Facebook. Not and he
3: reviewing, had, so much as lamenting.
1: Right. <laughs> And he had this line that stuck with me, Cal. It was, uh, muse is great music to walk away from an explosion to <laughs> in slow motion.
3: Yeah, you know, if you're Jack Bauer.
1: Right. And you just <laughs> Jack- threw the cigarette. <laughs> you just right. You just threw the cigarette that, that starts the explosion.
3: Right. You it's said per- something clever like I'll see you in hell or, you know, you <laughs> first or something like that.
1: <laughs> Time's up.
3: And then right. you hear it's, the music starts in the background. So absolutely I, it,
1: fantastic. I thought I thought that was a, a brilliant description. Now, if that's the case with Muse, are the Black Eyed Peas perfect music for any sporting event? Apparently.
3: Uh, you know, I, I I love me the Black Eyed Peas.
1: Really so do I. Them. I'm not bagging on them. I'm certainly not yeah. bagging on them. But they have written two songs that we will be hearing at arenas for the rest of our lives. Two. Two. Seven. Yeah.
2: All of them. What are the other ones?
3: Well, I'm holding Ella Funk in my hand. (laughs) She's got five hands.
1: What does it smell like?
3: (laughs) You're silly.
1: Uh, PJ, thanks for joining us, pal. uh, Can we do this again sometime? This is fun.
3: I love you deeply, and uh, I would love to just chat about anything you want to chat about, as long as you let me sing.
1: That's absolutely great. Why can don't I, can you? I, <laughs>
3: yeah, can I sing you out as you, as you disconnect me? I'll sing the fun load. Please do. All right. We had a fun load. It was a baby. It was a fun load, baby. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm laughing. <laughs> Goodbye, Pete. <beach. laughs> it was a fun load, baby.
1: So, uh, uh, PJ, (laughs) it was a fun (laughs) mode. That is all the time we have on Ready to Unload tonight, Cal. Uh, Boy, that was a fun show. It was fun. There it is. The end music. Uh, Dr. Ray Stat was unable to join us tonight, but uh, he is fine. Don't worry. Don't start sending letters. Uh, He's okay. Don't worry about it. sending letters. Final unload. Uh, let's go Storm tomorrow at 2 o'clock. And uh, my final unload is Thomas Momtah. Thanks for the 2017 uh, one for three and an extra Christian game for the month. Uh, that really went well. Join us next Good item.